We are going to read from Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 to 17. And this morning I would like to title my sermon as Trapped in Tradition. Can you say that? Trapped in Tradition. Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 through 17. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Where do we and the Pharisees fast often? But your disciples do not fast. Verse 15, Matthew chapter 9. And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Verse 16. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Some of the scripture portions, you know, where we don't really often pay attention to, this is one such section of the scripture. You know, sometimes we just rush through this portion, we read through this portion, probably without understanding it, what the scripture, what Jesus was trying to tell. You know, Jesus never bored his people while he was teaching. He always referred to objects and the situations that are so familiar to the disciples. You know, here we see Jesus is talking about cloth, weaving cloth, patching cloth, and he talks about wine and wine skins. You know, these objects are so familiar for the people who are living in Judea. And during his sermon, if you see, some got converted into Christianity from the Judaism. Some got even, you know, convinced in their hearts. And some people even angered at him because they did not like the way Jesus was preaching or they, are, or they just got annoyed. But no one was bored or no one was really uninterested to listen to Lord Jesus Christ. Because often he comes out with good examples. They are so practical, you know, from the living point of view. Now here we come across such illustration that Jesus is giving. But the question was, the Pharisees were asking Jesus, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus responded with the three illustrations to say, that you are trapped in your traditions. Can you say that with me? You are trapped in your traditions. So Jesus used three illustrations. Number one, illustration of the friends and the bridegroom. And number two, illustration of the cloth. Number three, the illustration of the wine and wineskin. And this morning we are going, going to go through each one of these in detail. Number one, illustration of the friends of the bridegroom. You know, friends were invited for a wedding party to celebrate the wedding party, in the, in the wedding party. And you know, fasting during a wedding session 
is basically meaningless. Right? When you're invited for a Christmas party and when you go there and you say that I'm fasting, I'm not eating today. You know, you're just a, such, a, such a fool. When you have plenty of food and delicious food, why don't you eat? Have you come across such people? Yes? I have come across some, in some people like that. When you take them to the hotel and everybody eats, they said, no, no, I'm fasting now. Jesus is talking about people who are invited to the, for the celebration, the wedding party, and they say that, I will come, but I won't eat I'm because I'm fasting. So fasting during a you know, wedding feast is really meaningless. No one is going to cry in a wedding ceremony. If someone cries in the wedding ceremony, you don't really wait for somebody. You, know, you just push him out. You don't want anybody crying in the wedding party. So Jesus said, when the bridegroom is with us, when bridegroom, who is the bridegroom, by the way? Jesus himself. When he is there, why should my disciples fast? And there will be a time when the bridegroom is gone, taken away, then they will fast. So Jesus is not really abandoning fasting. He is not stopping fasting. Jesus is telling, don't allow your traditional fasting spoil the celebration. Did you get that? Don't allow your traditional fasting spoil the celebration. It's not the time to fast as Jesus is with them. The bridegroom is with them. So it's not really the time to fast. You know, there is a time for everything in our lives. There is a time for everything in our lives. You know, some of us do really don't believe that we are here today because it's the time of God. It's the timing of God. There is a time for every situation in our life, especially in the life of Christians. You know, many times, but we hold on to our traditions and we lose the blessings of God. Many times we hold on to our traditions and we lose the blessings of God. This morning I asked the Spirit of God may open our eyes as we talk through this sermon. And there's a card given to each one of you. Do we have the card with you? And when you have that, as I take you through the sermon, I want you to write down the traditions that you are entangled with today. The traditions. You will, in the moment you will come to know what are those traditions. We all have traditions. Yes. But some of those traditions is not helping us anymore. And this morning, God may help us to find out those traditions in which we are trapped. And you know, you need to write down the card. I'm not going to look at the card. It's just for your reference, for your prayer time. Amen? Are you with me? Now, there is a time for everything, as I said. And there is a time for everything. And we don't want our traditions to destroy the blessings of God. You know, listen to, I give some examples. When we fast as a tradition... You know, there are traditional fastings, 40 days, right? During the Lent days. There are traditional fastings, good. But when we fast as a tradition, we forget the grace of God. We forget the grace of God. We traditionally at times keep away from certain things. But we may not have the right relationship with God. Listen to me, very, very important sermon this morning. Traditionally, we may keep away from certain things. I won't touch this. I won't drink this. I won't eat this. It's all good. But it is important. It will be better if we have a good relationship with God. Without the relationship, you know, whatever you think that you are trying to for the sake of God is a waste. It's meaningless. We traditionally do certain things, but we don't know the reason why we do such things. I asked some people, 
You you wear everyday white dress. Why do you wear? You don't wear jewelry. Why don't you wear jewelry? Or you wear too much of jewelry. Why do you wear that? Do you know have a reason for that? For doing it? Most of the answer I get is, my parents used to do that. And I was taught in this way to do that, but I really do not know why I do this. So traditionally certain things we do, but we don't know the reason why we do it. When what we do becomes our traditions, it becomes the fall, or beginning of our fall. What we do becomes our tradition, it's just the beginning of our fall. Pharisees were trapped in their traditions. Listen to me. Pharisees were trapped in, this, in their traditions. Jesus was against and he is today against the traditions. Amen. It may be a tradition of Christmas, celebrating Christmas. It may be a tradition of fasting. It may be a tradition of wearing, not wearing. It may be a tradition of eating, not eating. But Jesus is totally against the tradition. 100%. When the Pharisees and scribes saw some of the disciples eating without washing their hands. Can you imagine somebody eat without washing their hands? But disciples of Jesus did that. They took that liberty even. Wash without washing their hands. I mean, they used to eat with hands, you know, not with fork and spoon. But they were, used, you know, eating with their hands. And they found fault. Pharisees found fault. We read that very interesting scripture. Mark chapter 7 verse 3. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way. Holding the tradition of the elders. That's what Bible says. What is that? They wash their hands in a special way. That's a very special way, not just you know, buying the equate hand soap. No, 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 not that. There's a special way of washing their hand. And Bible says they were holding the tradition of their elders. Listen to me very carefully. Do not judge now. Just wait. Mark 17, sorry, chapter 7, verse 5. When the Pharisees asked Jesus, why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? This is the question. Why do they eat without their washing their hands? You know, today we don't do such things without washing our hands. We use sanitizers. We use soap. You know, we do all those things before we really touch the food. Because we are very careful. But disciples of Jesus, they were just not bothering. You know, you can imagine they were all just ordinary fishermen. You know, they, they never found in you know, a proper washing methodology in their lives. They just want to jump into that. They just, you know, grab the bread and they just want to fill their stomach. So Jesus points out a spiritual truth there. The question was, why your disciples are not washing their hands before eating according to the tradition of the elders? Jesus said in verse 15, Mark 7, there is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. Tradition looks at outside. Tradition looks at doing everything in that particular way. But God comes from inside you know, most of the time. And Jesus is saying, what comes from inside is more dangerous than, you know, what enters from outside. So washing hand is good. You know, I recommend all of you to wash your hands before you have your meal when you go home. Because you would have shaken hundred hands, right? 
We don't know how much of you know, a thick layer of gems in your hand. You all use all sanitizers and wash and hand wash and everything. Just make sure you wash your hands. Washing hands is good. Jesus is not really talking about it. But when it becomes a tradition, when you give too much importance to washing, ignoring the dirty and the filthy you know, thoughts and the desires and behaviors inside of us, that becomes meaningless. That's why Jesus is against traditions. Listen to this. This is my just quote. I just started you know, writing this. A good practice. Can you get that on the screen? A good practice can become a tradition if we do it without knowing why we do so. I want you to write down those traditions in your life. You are not still sure why you do that. Without knowing why we do so, some of those practices will become a tradition. A good practice. It's a good practice. But it, become a, it becomes a tradition if we neglect the commandment of God. Holding on to something which is not very important, but forgetting the main commandment. Do not lie. Do not steal. Do not murder. We just ignore those commandments. Sunday is a Sabbath day. You need to observe the Sabbath day in the presence of God. Ignoring those commands, holding on to the silly things. That's the tradition we are talking about. It becomes a tradition because someone else does so. Why do you do it? Because somebody does. Because my church is doing that. It becomes a tradition easily. A good practice can become a tradition if you do it to please men. Not to please God. You know, such practices in our lives, when we keep on doing those things, it becomes a tradition. When the Pharisees asked, why do your disciples not walking according to the tradition of the elders? That was the questions Augustine asked to the, asked to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus said, Mark 7 verses 7 and 6 and 7. These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. What did Jesus say? Can we read that together? Verse 6, these people honor me, me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Verse 7 says, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You know, there are so many commandments of men are taught as doctrines. We come across them often. But when we analyze with the, in the, with the word of God, we don't find that there, those things there. But there are better commandments which we ignore often. And Jesus is talking about those commandments which are important. We must follow. So when the Pharisees came to Lord Jesus Christ and when they asked why your disciples are not fasting, the first illustration was illustration of the friends of the bridegroom. Number two, let's move further. Second illustration is the illustration of the cloth. Can you say that? Illustration of the cloth. We read that in verse 6. Let's read from verse 6. Sorry, verse 16. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse. What happens? You have a cloth. You need to patch the cloth. And no one puts a new piece of cloth an unshrunk cloth, a new piece of cloth into an old cloth to patch it up. You know, if you remember the history a little bit, cloths are made of most material which is having a behavior or nature to shrink over a time. Right? 
you go there go to the shop and you see that you know okay it's all fitting in your size it's just 42 you know this exactly fits your size and you buy the shirt and you come home and it's all well and good and then you wash it and next time the 42 becomes 40. it doesn't fit anymore so cloth has a nature to shrink imagine this so therefore putting a new cloth onto a old cloth which results in a worse tear since the new cloth has an ability to shrink. You have a old cloth, you have a, just a hole in this, in that, you need to patch it up so that people won't see that. You know, you just put a new piece of cloth and try to patch it up because that cloth is new. When you wash it, that portion is going to shrink. Yeah, exactly like this. And when it shrinks, it's going to pull the old cloth and the tear is going to become more. Are you with me? You know a little bit of science, right? Okay. <laughs> So cloth is made of most material they have the ability to shrink. Now patchwork on the cloth is temporary. Do you think it's permanent? No, no patching is permanent. When we come across, when you drive through the road, we see that some, some areas are patched. And we know for sure, we know for sure that's not going to stay in the winter. It's going to come out. Patchwork is always temporary. It's a temporary measure taken to extend the life of the usage of the cloth. Now Jesus is communicating very strongly and very boldly that he is not into patchworks. You know some of the workshops when you go take your vehicle and you ask them to you know, just do a little bit of patch here. It's okay. Then they say that no, 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 no. We are not doing it. Right? I, I, on the other day, I went to a, in a construction uh, store. I, don't say, I won't say which store it is. And we thought, you know, we'll change a section of our counter. So that's what I was bargaining there. I want to change the section of the counter. They said, no, 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 we won't do that. We want to change the entire counter. We don't do that section of it. So Jesus is not into patchworks. So Jesus was not going to be just patch the garment of Judaism to cover those worn off areas. No, Jesus was not for that. Are you with me? He didn't, doesn't want to patch up the old lifestyle, but Jesus wants to give a new lifestyle. Jesus doesn't want to patch up the old lifestyle. He wants to give as a brand new lifestyle. In fact, that's the reason Jesus came to this world. You know, sometimes we try to put little Jesus into our life and think that, you know, everything will be okay, but it's not okay. Do we do that? We try to put little Jesus. Add little Jesus into those things which are going on in our lives. And Jesus is not into those works. No, things won't change. If you want to Jesus, follow Jesus. He wants us to wear a new robe, not just a patched robe. He wants us to wear a new robe that is called the robe of righteousness. That's called the robe of righteousness. You know, sometimes our Christian life is full of patchworks. I'll help you here, little idea on what we are talking about. You know, we make temporary fixes in our Christian All of us do that. I do that. You do that. Every time we do that. We make temporary fixes in our Christian life. And the way we do, this is how we do. We pray to God for a particular problem. Listen to this. This is very practical. I do it. You do it. So we pray to God for a particular problem. May it be for our healing. Or it may be a relational issues, relationship issues, job situation, or it may be a family issue, you know, some issue. We pray to God. But God says, 
I want you to come, to cl- come closer to me. God says, I want you to meditate on the word. God says, I want you to be systematic in your giving. You need to discipline that area. But we pray, Lord, I need more money. I need a better job. Lord, I need healing from this issue. We are talking about the patchwork we try to do. We just try to solve that moment. But Jesus is telling us, no, 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 no. I want you to come closer to me. I want you to pay attention to me. I want you to read my word, meditate my word. I want you to sit right, you are giving. Your giving is not proper. I want to do that. But you know what? As Christian, as believers, instead of obeying what God is telling us, we will start preaching to God. Have you come across anybody who starts preaching to God? Have you seen any preacher preaching to God? No? No? But we preach to God, I'll tell you how. God is telling you to obey to certain things, but we preach to God, we say, God, you told, for I am the Lord who heals you. You told that, Lord? And you said, those who are coming against you one way, they will flee before you in seven ways. We are preaching God. Lord, you told that. You told that Lord, we are trying to you know, put, lock, you know, put a lock around God and say that this is what you said. And you said you are my provider. And God is telling you, no, 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 my son, you need to set things right in your life. You need to give more. You need to pray more. You need to read the word of God more. You need to do everything, you know, in my way. You need to do, come across, come to me the way I want you to be. And when that God is saying, we will say that, no, 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 God, you're a God who bless. You're a God who heals. You're a God who delivers. And God says, do not hate anybody. I want you to love your enemies. I want you to love your enemies. And you're praying. You don't want to listen to God, but you want to just tell him, pray, 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 pray. We never listen to God. We always pray. Seldom we take time to listen to God. Are you with me? We always pray. We always teach God. Lord, this is what you said. This is what you said. This is what you said. But God is telling you, you need to correct your life. You need to come to church regularly. Yes. You need to pray regularly. Yes. That's what God is trying to tell you. God is trying to teach you. Now, you get filled with the Holy Spirit now. Right? But God expects obedience in the first step. But without obeying that, we teach God and now we get filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in an unknown language and we start commanding, in Jesus' name, let there be healing. Did you get what I'm saying? You should have obeyed God. You need to obey God. You know, we try to put patchworks in our Christian life. God says that you cannot do patchwork. If you do, you're fooling yourself. You are at loss. You are at loss. Your problem is not having the right relationship with God. Not meditating his word. Not giving to God. But not the sickness that you are dealing with. That's not your main problem. But the cause is something else. The root cause is something else. You know when we do patchwork. We attack. We handle the symptoms. But we don't handle the root cause. You know for any sickness. There is a symptom and a root cause. Yes? Are you with me? You know a little bit of medical science right? There is a symptom and there is a root cause and when you go to a doctor if the doctor is trying to give you Tylenol or antibiotic that means he is trying to handle your 
symptom but the doctor is writing a blood work means he is trying to find the root cause jesus is trying to do that in our lives but many times we try to look the you know try to do the patchwork but god is not interested jesus says this in matthew chapter 9 verse 16 who would patch all the cloth with new cloth i'm reading from nlt listen to me matthew 9:16 who would patch old clothing with the new cloth for the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth leaving an even bigger tear that than before number 3 illustration illustration of the wine and wine skin interesting isn't it wine and the wine skin verse 17 Matthew chapter 9 verse 17 nor do they put new wine into old wine skin or else the wine skins break the wine is spilled and the wine skins are ruined but they put new wine into new wine skins and both are preserved have you seen wine skin anytime any of you you have seen yes they are still around. Those wine skins are around. You go to Amazon.ca, you'll find a lot of wine skins you can order too. But I don't know what you do with that. I'm not going there. So, but you can you can have a look at the wine skin you know, in, the, in in Google. Sorry, in in the you can see an image. Okay, don't buy. Now, wine was the most common drink of the people of Judea. It was very common. That's the reason Jesus is talking about wine skin you know are you awake this morning some of us are awake this morning right we are not we didn't have too much of wine yesterday night no no right yeah, we are okay right okay right now wine is the most common drink in judea but unfortunately they had no bottling companies the way we bottle wine today or they did not have any type of way of preserving them or refrigerating no there was no methodology but they had to keep the wine in bags that are made of sheepskins you know, they are leak resistant sheepskins. That's where wine is stored. Now, wine has a habit. You know, it has a nature. When you pour, you know, when you make wine, it ferments. It's a fermenting process, right? It releases a lot of gas. A lot of gas, you know, it's released. So when the fermentation takes place and wine is, you know, put in the new wine skin made of animal skin, the wine skin will expand as the fermentation takes place in the wine but instead of a new wine skin if you pour into a old wine skin the new wine when the fermentation continues when the gases are released it's going to expand but the old wine skin is already expanded now if you pour new wine into the old wine skin what's going to happen it's going to break and the wine is going to spill out and the wine skin is going to burst that's what jesus is telling now jesus could not patch or could not pour his new wine into the old ministry system of Judaism. Jesus could not do it. Jesus could not do pour the new wine into the ministry of Judaism. Judaism had become inflexible, you know, due to the accumulation of various man-made traditions. You know, if you look really look into the Judaic religion, there is too much of man-made traditions. And Jesus was not happy about all those things. So Jesus could not pour the new wine, his, his ministry, into Judaism. Jesus and his ministries, you know, really could not be confined to the old religious system of Judaism. And more than that, Jesus did not come to remember this, a reform an existing religion. No, no, no. Jesus did not come for that. Jesus came for what? Jesus came for? To establish a new way. Amen. Can you say new way? 
he came to establish a new way and he is the only way that was the message he did not come as a reformer no not at all now what is needed today in our lives in our church is the new wineskin to hold the new wine can you say that with me new wineskin to hold the new wine i want to talk a little bit about new wine the new things that God is doing, God is going to do in our lives, in our church, is the new wine. You know, always wine represents blessings. Can you say blessings? The new blessings that God wants to put in our lives. You know, Jesus is trying to pour the new wine into a new wine skin. That's illustration. Now, the new blessings that God wants to bring in our lives, the new changes that God wants to bring in our lives, the new beginnings that God wants to begin in our lives, the new shift that God wants to bring in your lives in the coming year, you know, the God, the way God is going to use you in the ministry, the new and fresh anointing that God is going to come, you know, bring upon each one of us is our new blessings, the new wine. How many of us believe in those new wine? Yes. You know, God wants to bless us in those areas where we have not seen blessings anymore. God wants to bring changes in our lives. How long you just want to go behind the traditional things? How long you want to, you know, follow the same thing which is not really helping us? God wants to bring those changes. You know, God wants to bring new beginnings in our lives in the coming year, I believe. Things are not going to be the same. Things are going to change. Things are dramatically going to change in the coming year. God wants to do that. God wants to make new beginnings in our lives. Some of us are, you know, already fed up with the life that we have lived through. But God wants to do something in our lives new that is new. God wants to shift our focus from one thing to the other in the coming year. The way God is going to do, use each one of us in the kingdom of God. A new fresh anointing and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are going to come upon each one of us. Word of God talks about it. They are all new wine. And to hold the new wine, can we hold it in the old wine skin? No, we need new wineskin. Are you with me? We'll be closing soon. God is not going to pour the new wine into the old wineskin. He needs a new wineskin. Wineskin is a vessel that can hold wine. What does the Bible say about vessels? Whenever you read vessels, what does it mean? Holding something. What does it say? Bible says vessels. It's our body. We are the vessels. We are the earthen vessels in which we carry the treasure. Do you have the treasure in you at all? Yes. Do you walk like carrying a treasure inside of you? Yeah, also. <laughs> you know, God expects us to walk in that way. God expects us to live in that way. You know, some of us live the way as if we lost everything in our lives. No, 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 no. God doesn't want us to live that way. God wants us to live because we carry the treasure inside of us. And God is about to pour the new wine into the new wineskin. And wineskin is the vessel and we are the vessels. And we carry the treasure of God in our lives. And today God is in the process of making wineskin. How many of you understand what I'm saying? God is in the process of making wineskin. You know your life needs to be made as a new wineskin. So that you can hold all the blessings that God can give you. So today God is in the process of making wineskin. For that to happen what we need to do. You know that should be the concluding part of the message. Number one we must break free 
from the fear of change. Amen? Amen. We must break free from the fear of change. You know, we are all afraid of you know, bringing some changes to the system, current system that we live in. We are comfortable with the surroundings that we have in the workplace, in our house, in our worship place. We are so comfortable with the systems that we have. But you know what? For us to have a new wineskin in our lives, God wants to bring some changes in our lives. And we must be break free from the fear of change. Is God, if God is bringing some changes in our lives, we must be willing to yield to God. Amen? You know, you don't stop if God is asking you to move. And don't move if God is asking you to stop. We need to be willing for those changes. Some of those changes that God wants to bring in our lives, we are not going to like it. We are not going to like those changes in our lives. We are not going to like. If you say that morning, 9 o'clock, you come to church. We remove all the chairs from 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock. You need to worship God standing. Are you going to like it? No. Are you? Oh, you're not saying anything. Looks like they're okay. So let, next week we'll try that. We remove all the chairs. So you'll come here from 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock. You'll be standing and worshipping. Is that okay? Oh, okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> Some of those changes God wants to bring in our lives. You know, sometimes we don't like those changes. But if it is from God, we want that change to happen in our lives. The system that we try to build, build, build as a church... It becomes a tradition a little later. You put anybody in the system, they just know it's a routine. They know what to do. Right? Put me on the stage, I will preach because I know what to preach. Put me on, in the, put you, give you a microphone in your hands, you know, you'll sing because you're already into a system and eventually it becomes a tradition. But God wants to bring changes. And when he wants to bring changes, and if we are afraid of change, God cannot really do anything. You know, some of us work in the companies, you know, where they have a process called change management. Right? We are always against that department, don't we? Right? So we don't like the department. If they give any change, uh, we know that you know, we need to stay back tonight to work, right? Because it's a change request. I need to work on that. God wants to bring change in our lives. That's the good news. Number two, we must be willing to defy traditions. That's a little hard. By the time, I hope you would have written down a couple of traditions in your card. I'll come and check now. So, uh, right? So you have the traditions written down. So we want to defy those traditions. We want to get out of those traditions. What are those things traditionally we try to do which is not helping? God wants us to throw away those things. They are binding us. They are, you know, we are bound because of those traditional things. They are not helping people who are married to the past. They cannot really, really embrace the future because always they think about the past. They are so tied to the past. The way we worship in our nation, the way we follow God in our nation. Forget those things. You are not in your nation anymore. You are in a different land today. You need to know how to worship God in this land. Think about Daniel. Think about Daniel. That did not stop him. You know, his exile did not stop him from worshiping God. You know, forget those things that they are gone there anymore. If I'm with my families, you know, really I will follow God. You know, one, one, some point of time, one, one girl came and spoke to me saying that, Pastor, if you really keep me with you in your house or somewhere, I will really follow God. The moment you get me out, in your church or in you from your house, I will go into the world. You know, some of us are like this. In this nation, we don't find fit. 
we are struggling to fit ourselves but god is telling you you need to bring changes in your life you cannot hold on to your traditions and because god cannot pour the new wine into your life you know god is a god who uniquely anoints you listen to me god anoints you uniquely for a purpose and for the land where we are in today there is so much need to be done today the outreaches we do here it's not enough once in a month going to shanex and preaching the gospel is not enough there is so much need to be done in this land when will you come out of your language barrier when will you come out of your cultural barrier you need to come out of it if you want to be used by god we need to we should be willing to change and we should be willing to defy our traditions finally we must be led by the holy spirit coming out of tradition doesn't mean that we are walking away from holy spirit no holy spirit spirit of god lord jesus christ is not for traditions listen to me he is against traditions never be afraid to come out of your traditional things and follow god the way god wants you to follow only god has all the resources all the wisdom the knowledge the skills that we need today is from god is from god you know some of you closely follow god i honor you when you follow god you see god orchestrating things in your life you see god working on behalf of you because he is the source of everything the new wine has to come from god only only the spirit of god can new give you the new wine he is the life life giver everything is found in him and we need more of god more of the holy spirit as we walk into the future amen we need to defy the traditions and we need to follow the spirit of god as he leads us we want to do not in our own way but we want to do in god's way most of the thing, time when we think this is what is god's way it's not god's way it is our way but we should be able to give ourselves yield ourselves open up our lives for god to work in our lives when god asked zerubbabel you know the story to go and build the temple of god when the foundation of the temple was about to be laid as he was willing to take the responsibility in the kingdom of god and he decided to build the temple of god the word of god came to zachariah and he asked, Ze asked zachariah to go and tell this to zerubbabel and this is what we read from zachariah chapter 4 verse 6 not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the lord of hosts not by might not by power but by my spirit spirit of god wants us to wants to take complete control of our lives and we need to be empowered by the spirit of god and this morning god is telling us i want you to become a new wineskin so that you can hold the blessings that i am about to give you you must be free of fear of change you must defy the traditions and you must be led by the Holy Spirit. Shall we all stand for a moment?